and welcome to Beer Fueled, where the best podcasting happens before we hit record. I am your host at Beer Fueled Hop, as always, joined by Beer Fueled Thurry. Dan, welcome to the show. We're here. We are. We're, we're, we are here. so close to fun times. Like true draft talk. I mean, we always talk drafts pre-show and post-show and everything else in between besides during the show. I promise you it'll change soon enough. Yeah, and you'll we'll actually talk draft on the show. Before that, we're getting into the fun part of the season. So you've got franchise tags coming due here within the next week. You got free agency starting here within the next two weeks. Um, you got the combine going on right now, so we'll start to get some statistical numbers in from players um, over the next couple weeks. So, and then we got the draft coming up. So the next two months of this show are probably the most fun we get to have as everything shifts and changes and the draft happens, the combine happens, the draft happens, and then you get to reset everything after the draft and kind of look into to where rosters are and where things are structured and really see kind of what teams are going to look like next year. Um, you know, this is the pinnacle of, I think, what's kept us doing this for so long is this two months we're about, at least what's kept me doing this for so long, this couple months we're about to enter into. Yeah, I mean, like, this is when, I mean, it's not just us. This is when you get to see from the community and all the other podcasts that you, that you may turn into. We get to see, you know, you know, this is where we start to plant our flakes. Our early early off-season, early off-season flag planting is really right now. And, you know, from the early film watching, from the early, you know, statistical analysis to looking at the free agents, trying to speculate on what teams may or not do based on salary cap and team construction. Like, this is where the true theory crafting really, you know, stems from. And this is, if you don't play a lot of Dynasty or or if you don't do a lot of um, off-season stuff as a redraft play, this is the best time to get ahead of your league mates mm-hmm. and get yourself in the position to be successful and, and allow you to start, you know, getting an idea along with us and the rest of the community on, on who we're going to be high on and low on and get to see all the bullshit arguments on Twitter, which is one of my favorite parts is all the low key, you know, subtweeting. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do. It is fun to watch and everybody thinks they know something and then they don't. So they're like, I know something nobody else does that's been posted six hours before I said it. Yeah. That's all it is. All it is. Um Beer at Beerfield on Twitter, by the way. I don't think I say that enough. Beerfield podcast on YouTube, where you can watch and interact live as we record every show. Are we live right now? We should be. We're not live right now. I do not see <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm like, I know it's I know it gets delayed at times. I should probably fix that, huh? Uh, if you ever guessed if we're live, do we re- we don't restart the show because the live- we never restart the show, okay. and we're not going to restart the show. Okay, I just I had to oh. make sure. What the hell happened? I don't know. Maybe uh, you would think after three hundred seventy-seven shows that we'd have this that we 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 would be more professional, but <laughs> you'd be wrong. Why is that grayed out? Oh, because it's recording. I don't want you to uh. record. Uh oh! What is going on? This is, this makes for great podcasting, by the way. Listen in while I figure out how. Did the stream key change? On air production. It's like an on air production meeting. Hold on, let's see if that worked. Maybe. 
Doesn't look like it. Normally, I don't have that problem. That's what she said. I wonder if the stream key changed. That happens Uh-oh. every now and again. Huh. Yeah, on-air production meeting because shit ain't working. That's that's just how we roll here. Yeah, it is. For anyone that's wondering. Apply. Yeah, I know you couldn't connect. I already told you to stop trying. How about now? Oop. Are we there? Let's see. Hold on. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. It's normally delayed. It's normally not that delayed. So what the shit? Might have to restart OBS. No. Full on restart. Nah. We won't go full on. But... Maybe there's a problem with the channel? I don't know. Here, I'm going to close OBS. We're going to get this right for everybody that listens on YouTube. We're going to get this right. So just hold your horses if you're listening to the audio podcast. Actually, here, we'll do this. Uh, We're going to talk about something else. We'll talk about it afterwards. What's fueling beer fueled? Call me Aaron Rodgers because we're calling audibles live on the show. Yeah, we are. All right. What are you drinking? Sorry. I, didn't I am ask. drinking. Nope. No, you're good. I'm drinking from Icarus Brewing. This is the will be. It's kind of like their their wild, sour, you know, funky with like, you know, Brettomyces and other shit that's in it so it's a really funky it's basically this is a saison brewed with spelt in uh oh my god it's like tricy cali t-r-i-t-i-c-a-l-e um and then it's conditioned with some with the brittomyces in it which is obviously one of the more popular bacteria to use it makes shit real funky i get a beer over there that's got brittomyces and lactobillus in it and it is one of the funkiest beers i think i've ever had it does That's super. It's really, really, it's very, very unique. Um, I've had this sitting in my fridge for a while. I completely forgot I bought it from our uh, our local bottle shop here in town. So Icarus Brewing is from Chicago because, you know, Chicago, all they do is produce more and more breweries like every minute. And good beer. Really? A lot of different ones too. You get like your you get your super generic ones nowadays, but then you get stuff like you know like Dovetail, that's kind of like the Chicago version of Bourbon Chestnut, which is just a bunch of old school style or rigs, you know, German style beers. Rigs, you know, it fits that that billing. And you get places like like Icarus, which I'm sure they do more than just these. Well, uh, you'll get more of these spontaneous and you know farmhouse. Saison styles that they just introduce a bunch of you know you know cool culture uh, to it. And by culture, I mean by the atmosphere, what the environment is in the in this specific area. So, a lot of lot of cool shit with this stuff. 
I don't know what. Okay, I'm going to try this again. There we go. That looks like it's going to work. That looked way better. Hey, welcome, YouTube. Welcome to the show. Dan just told everybody what he's drinking. For whatever reason, OBS decided to have a ton of problems. We're here now. Um, don't worry, you didn't miss anything. Just our banter and what's Dan drinking. So we get to start with the important part, which is what I'm drinking. Drinking ah, a strawberry, strawberry rhubarb sour. Well, because I was fixing it for adoring public. That's true. You you are more important to this show than I am. If you're listening on audio. Uh, Thanks for hanging out. If you ever doubted we do it live and don't edit, there's your proof. Um, so this is Strawberry Rhubarb Sour from Untitled Art. It's a Berliner Weiss style ale, strawberry puree, rhubarb puree, cinnamon vanilla extract, and graham cracker. I don't know if I've had this on or not. I can't remember. Um, I was out of things in my fridge that I was confident I hadn't had on, so I just took my best guess at something that had been in there a while, and I probably hadn't had on the show, so... What was the beer again? Untitled Art Strawberry Rhubarb Sour. I don't remember you having. It sounds something that we may have had, but I don't know if you had it on the show, though. I don't know. Either way, it's here. So, um, yeah. full review coming up about midway through the show on that. Um, did you watch any of uh, the Vegas Open at all? The I did. I watched, uh, I watched the first two rounds, then I watched the back nine of the final round. Gotta feel it for Gannon, man. Dude. Dude played 16 years game. old. He played his absolute ass off. And, you know, this is why, you know, it, this is what happens, you know, with these younger players, mm -hmm. younger. T and this is just any sport, too. You know, Drew has been a professional for 14 years and he just he played. He played perfectly down the stretch and Gannon kind of got ahead of himself on the last couple of holes and took a couple of missed shots, missed putts and. Then that lead, that lead evaporated very, very, very quickly. He held it together in the playoff holes. I mean, I was impressed with Gannon. Yeah, for, I mean, but that was the hell of a playoff, man. Three straight birdies for both people. Yeah, for both guys, that was that was one of the better playoffs. Drew Gibson was just on a freaking mission that final round, especially back nine. Threw some absolute yeah. bombs and got it done. Eagle was all out of sorts. He was in it at the beginning and then not at the end. So that's. It happens to him. He doesn't have his that forehand because he's hurt. That too. So. Yeah. And that's disc golf. <laughs> that's disc golf talk. I got to play around Tuesday. We, I went Tuesday morning. I, was... I went with uh, our buddy Dickie. And um, a little rusty. You just told me it's 148 days since my last round. And it showed. I have not played around i did two hours of field work on sunday in the mud the mud so i did two hours of field work on sunday to figure out i needed to take some things out of my bag because of space so i needed to figure out what i wanted in there what i wanted out of there um wanted to get used to some of my new plastic so i did that for two hours on sunday and then i putted for an hour on monday but didn't play around, just put it on Monday, field work on Sunday, and was going to go out and play around today, and then I got stuck at work until 5.30. So uh, can work. that's basically a try again tomorrow, but I will get around <laughs> in before the weekend. There you go. So um, don't know where I'm going to go yet. I was going to do nine today. I'm hoping to get 18 in. We'll see. Today would have been a good day for it, but 
We'll see. My body finally doesn't hurt after doing two hours of field work and not Do my, uh, picking I up a disc. Feel it. I can feel it in the pits, man. I don't think I'd picked up a disc since November, probably. So it's been it's been a minute. But I'm excited. I'm excited for the summer. I'm excited to get out there again. Excited to continue to improve. Oh yeah. Hopefully, find a putter I like. That's the game. It is the game. It'll make you or it'll break you. All right, on to the news before we get into the fun off-season non-news, a new segment that we're doing here where uh, we laugh at some some of the off-season headlines that are there to make quotas. All right. Uh, Arizona extended Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime through 2027 amidst the Kyler Murray dispute, which I'll give both guys credit. Cliff gets some hate because of how the team faded down the stretch without Hopkins. Um, you know, the Cardinals have turned it around. They've turned it around well um, under Cliff. He's put together a perennial contender. They play in a really tough division. So um, I think that it's earned for him. Now, he'll have to perform the first couple years of that deal. But I think it's good for him. And I think that Kime's done a good job finding talent, assembling a team, um, you know, to bring in Hopkins. They've drafted okay. I mean, with with Kirk, they drafted well with Edmonds. They had brought in Connor, cut ties with David Johnson, uh, really made some strides on the defensive side of the ball to not just become a total doormat there. And I think he's handled the Kyler Murray situation relatively well, too, given all the the media hubbub about it and you know, when a GM could easily trash what Kyler is doing, he's been, you know, pretty supportive of the situation and of some of the reports that have le- leaked about his attitude and, you know, I think handling that pretty well. I don't have a problem with either extension. I mean, I see why you're going to get, you know, familiarity, you know, with the coaching staff, with the GM, you know, based around your franchise quarterback. You know, it's just very you know important to have that cohesion throughout each year. Um, I'm not the highest on Cliff. I thought there oh, yeah. there's been you know you get the disappointments down the stretch, and I think the coaches get a little too much blame. Like they they're just there to basically help coach up the players while the players actually do all the actual busy work. You can look at Steve Cabin. You know, you can kind of question the you know the back to back first round linebacker picks when this team clearly needs help on the O line. Um, you know, in other important areas of the field where linebacker just, I mean, obviously it's important, but it's, you know, for some of these picks, you want to be building around your franchise quarterback who's, you know, when the Cardinals have had, you know, some issues around the O-line, it makes more sense to kind of make those, you know, to make better player picks or, or make better personnel picks. Um, But, you know, Potential playoff teams in back-to-back years. Obviously, they made it this year. Um, they're the hottest team in football to start the year before Murray got banged up, mm-hmm. and then we got to see what that looked like down the stretch. Stretch. Well, and, um, and Hopkins too. Getting and Hopkins losing Hopkins yeah. was definitely a big thing. I think they handled the Murray situation well during the season when he got hurt. Basically, anti-Cleveland. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it was very very clear that the offense kind of lost what it was trying to do. As Hopkins, you know, battled, try to battle the comeback and just never got back to 100%. So, very, very interested to see how they take this team the next couple of years. And, uh, I mean, I don't expect Murray to be gone. He's just too important. He's such, he's a top 
five quarterback right now that you want to have in your team. So it's they're not letting him go. They're going to have to make a playoff run in the next year or two for this contract to play out for at least Cliff, though, I think. so. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, shoulder surgery, and still could be traded this month. Dak Prescott, shoulder surgery, non-throwing shoulder. This is a time of year we're going to see guys start doing this instead of, I don't know, July, Michael Thomas, <laughs> um, so that they can be ready by the time the season starts. Uh, As they should. Panthers signed Ian Thomas to a three-year, $16.5 million extension. What? Super underutilized. Under at this point, it just isn't good. Like he's, he's a blocking specialist, and he's been super underutilized as a pass catching tight end. And they go out and give him a large contract, <sighs> and now they're talking to Joko, who's also underutilized, getting you know upwards of ten million. Ten million a year? Which it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Not trusting the incoming tight end classes, I guess. I don't know. I mean, if you're gonna like, especially Cleveland, like we like Njoku. I think Njoku would have more wide open explosive offense is a bit more you know innovated with their play calling absolutely he's like cleveland wasted his talents and they're going to try to resign him again and waste it even more it's the same team they gave austin hooper that contract that made no fucking sense right and austin hooper was really good in a really good offense and then goes to cleveland and isn't very good fades into the abyss he wasn't that good. He wasn't that good in Atlanta. He just got a lot of volume and a high volume offense. Yeah, there was a decent offense. Uh, it was Chiefs. Matt Nagy, quarterback coach, he comes back at a demotion from where he was when he left. Right, right back where he probably wants to be. Right back <laughs> where Patrick Mahomes can make him look good. That's right. Right back with his binky. Uh, Sean McVay and Les Snead not going to attend the NFL Combine. They're opting for a virtual pre-draft process and film study. They don't have a first-round pick, but you know this kind of brought up a, a an interesting thing to me. You know, if the NFL is a copycat league and the team that just won the Super Bowl is saying we'd rather watch, you know, we're going to learn more by watching players play on film and having honest conversations with them versus you know speed dating type conversations at the combine where you know players have been prepped on this stuff in the digital age this might make more sense and kind of be more of the future of how this gets how this gets done um you had players talking about boycotting it cutting it and skipping workouts and nobody really batted an eye from the nfl side for the most part i mean goodell rolled back um the bubble idea but you know is the combine as we know it in trouble that's that's more why this is here i think it's kind of uh it's always been kind of inflated like it's like like when it you know first came about and and really up to the last couple of years it, it was you know they didn't care about prime time they didn't care about trying to make money and profit off of it to that extent from its crowd trying to draw in more you know more people to watch it um I just think the league also knows that some of the drills that are run are just they're bullshit. They're not telling enough. Like they're you they know, dropped this, the Wonder you know, League test finally. Yeah, like they're they're in shorts and a t-shirt. There, there's no pads. There's no actual in-game you know scenarios to watch. And and and, and as most of us know, you know 
the combine and the testing part of it isn't as important as you know the interview. It has the interview process, as the medicals that come through, which is the big reason why a lot of teams want to go there is it's to see what these players' medicals are at. Mm-hmm. You get a guy like Justin Ross for Clemson, who is you know hot darling coming out of you know in 2018 in his freshman year and, and through you know his multiple neck injuries. You know teams want to know where his medicals line up far more hey. than him. Trying yeah. to participate. And how's Jamison Williams progressing? And that too. And you know, Mechie, how's how's he progressing? I mean, they're gonna want to see that stuff. But you know, the combine's always been supplemental. If you go through the last nine years every year before I start evaluating prospects, the last ten years of data, there's the combo metrics on player profiler tell you more about predicting how good someone's going to be than the raw combine data does. The combine data alone doesn't really tell you a whole lot. It it should, we've said this a long time, it should be used to confirm what you see on film or give you a little pause of what you see on film, not completely change it. If it doesn't, and if it doesn't line up, then you got to go back and, look at whatever you need to look at whether you watch you know film go watch film whether it be you know you know diving deeper you know into the stats to see why things aren't lining up the way that you think or you know going you know go and consolidate somebody that you know that may be able to you know cover up the weaknesses that you may have in your scouting profile so yeah the combine's always been a little overrated to me it's fun because we get to see people freak out over 40 times which never really matter like mm-hmm. 40 times better so you get to see what their speed score is that's about all that's i about care it. about uh franchise tag rumors uh these are due three eight so you know basically right before we record again um chris godwin mike gusecki both rumored to get tagged we'll talk about them in a minute bucks guard ali marpet retired at 28 uh for Medical reasons, very key member of their interior offensive line, along with Alex Kappa. So another big hole to fill fill for Tampa Bay. And in cat maneuvering, uh, three restructures, David Bakhtiari, Michael Thomas, Ryan Ramscheck, all restructured uh, some of their contract, double-digit millions of their contracts into signing bonuses, uh, Michael Thomas being the most notable one there with the Saints. Um, yeah. And then Devontae Booker and Kyle Rudolph were cut by the Giants. Pre-June cuts. Post-June cuts are what you're really looking for. Yeah. The big the big, the big savings. That's when the big ones are going to come. All right. Uh, off-season non-news. Cardinals GM Kyler, it's Steve Keim is not worried about Kyler Murray sitting out sitting out stating it's just an agent doing his job. This is kind of what I meant by Keim staying very level throughout all this and not pinning it on Kyler. It is just an agent doing his job, though. You're right. So thank you, Headline, for that one. <laughs> Pretty much all it is. Trying to make his client more money so he can make more money. Bruce Arians has stated signing Jameis Winston would not be the best thing for the quarterback. Remember, <laughs> Winston was with Arians and threw 30 interceptions. So, Yeah, but he threw 33 touchdowns. It was so much fun. So much fun. Apparently, that's not a marriage uh, that... Bruce Arians once. No. Have fun with Kyle Trask. 
Uh, Giants GM Joe Shane shown has stated Daniel Jones is their starting quarterback right now. Well, that's about as uh, that's about as non-committal as you can get. Yeah, he's the <laughs> starter right now over <laughs> fucking Davis Webb. Not well, like over the over. screen, you just see him going. <laughs> Sorry, Got over him. Jake Fromm and Mike uh. Lennon. He's the starter right now. Sorry, Davis Webb went back a couple of years. Um, yeah, not, not it still as, fits non-committal as you get. When asked about playing football for Washington, that was a confusing headline for me, so I changed this to Commanders. Uh, Russell Wilson said, Seattle's the place I'm at right now. <laughs> like that, these guys are like, I ain't saying nothing. He did say I'm playing him. in Seattle right now. That's all I got to say. He did follow up saying that he loves being there. But of anyway, course he does. That's where he's at right now. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Like, uh, I'm very happy that you're aware of where you're at right now. That, news that out of Dallas. Happy. Is Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott is going to be here. Not in what capacity? <laughs> not in. He could be a he's hot. Lost, he, he's lost some weight too, could, man. I saw a recent picture of him. He lost some weight. I was just gonna say he could be a hot dog vendor. He's gonna be there. <laughs> he might be in the stands rooting on his boy Tony Pollard. Yeah, but he'll be there. He'll be there. Ryan Fitzpat- Fitzpatrick will stay ready for snaps in 2022. Probably a good idea if you're not retiring. I hope he never retires. And we just and we keep getting this off-season narrative of where Fitzpatrick's going to go and start because the starter in front of him got hurt. Uh, a couple more. The Dolphins, were, this made no sense to me. Like, the way this all, this is a Florio thing, so of course it doesn't make any fucking uh, sense. Yeah, absolutely. The Dolphins were in on Tom Brady and Sean Payton until Brian Flores sued the team. And we're considering making Brady a minority owner. So how do those two things tie together? I mean, Brady's been an owner of the Dolphins for 20 years, so... Right. (laughs) How do those things... (laughs) How how does that tie together? You got a coach that wants to step away, and a quarterback was in on them, like, man, we'd really like to have those two, even though there was no realism to that at all. And how are you in on a quarterback that was under contract and a coach that was under contract? Were you going to trade for both of them? And then why did the lawsuit change that? Because Brian Flores suing you has zero to do with your pursuit of Tom Brady and Sean Payton. I wonder how Sean Payton and Tom Brady thought of it when they actually read the news. It's like, wait, what? Are people just making I, I got no now? text about the Dolphins going after me. This is weird. Right. We're just making shit up now. This is like the kid in high school that has a crush on that. This is like the boy in school that has a crush on that girl and he tells all of his friends he's going to be with her yeah. and he's never spoke oh, to her before. We're dating now and yeah, I was going to say she brushed it. my arm. She finds she out touched about my it, arm and they're like what yeah. the hell? That's exactly what that is. And she's like who the fuck is that guy? Athletics Michael Sean Dugar suggested the Seahawks could acquire an early first for DK Metcalf. Uh, uh duh. I don't know. Seattle just trying to ruin the franchise, man. Duh. Breaking news. You could trade for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers could acquire an early first. Probably more. And uh, Cardinals granted wide receiver Andy Isabella permission to seek a trade. No word yet on if the Cowboys are in for a couple of the hot dogs that Zeke's selling or not. (laughs) Six, I'll give you two dogs for him. 
Who's trading for Andy Isabella right now? Is what I want to know. The Cardinal Andy Isabella's like, I'm not getting playing time. I, mean, I want to trade. And the Cardinals like, sure, go ahead. See, yeah, man, please see how that works out for you. If you can work out a trade where you can get us anything for you, we're happy. Yeah, just remember, we will take a sandwich and a bag of chips for you. Just, just, just extra, use it as a pitch. Extra seventh rounder, fantastic. We'll take a conditional 12th round pick. Those don't exist. Yeah, just like your fucking trade value. You've done nothing. <laughs> like, we loved your double moves in college, but bro, that hasn't worked. You can't get on the field. You've done nothing. You've done absolutely nothing. All right, free agents. Yay. Bread and butter this one. So, um, I'll read through the list and we'll just kind of pick out who you want to talk about. So, Impending free agents broken down by position, starting with quarterback. Yeah, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, Terod Taylor, uh, Mitchell Trubisky leading the class. Uh, Cam Newton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton kind of bringing up the old man side of the class. Jacoby Brissett, um, also probably near, more near the Bridgewater level of journeyman. And then... Flacco, Henny, Glennon, Simeon, Gabbert, Gina Smith, Brett Rippin, Josh Johnson, Josh Dobbs, Kyle Allen, not Dial Allen, and Nick Mullins. So the hot names in this one to watch are really, I think, going to be Winston, Bridgewater, Marietta, Trubisky. And those are going to be the best of your free agency. I think Marietta and Trubisky, you're going to see a lot of rumors on them either being the guy that's brought in to push somebody to try to compete like the Giants have been rumored on Trubisky, which I think would be smart to try to push Daniel Jones because it's not a drop off, right? Yeah. So uh, well, the Giants make sense because they also bring you know, you know they brought on Dabble and he's got the one year you know that he's worked with him. I don't know if they brought in anybody else from the Bills coaching staff with them, but yeah, they that did. one would make the most, especially if they don't want to you know try to you know draft a quarterback this year. Or, yeah, especially because, you know, this quarterback, they've got a lot of holes and there's not any consensus in this quarterback class. So if they just want to say, we'll ride Daniel Jones for another year, but we want to bring somebody in to push him, make it a competition. I think Trubisky beats out. I think he does. Jones. I think he does, too. I mean, you and I have never liked Jones. Trubisky, I mean, for as much as he's, he's easy to make fun of, he took the Bears to the playoff twice with Matt fucking Matt Nagy is that guy. I mean, he's out. I mean, I mean, he's he's been away long enough. You know, just like Winston, I think he's going to see his role, you know, shift to his probably his prolonged career moving forward. And and while he may be journeyman for the rest of his career, he's got so he's got the mobility upside. And and if he lands into a scheme that can really you know showcase his strengths, it utilize and use move yeah. the pocket and get him thrown a little bit because don't he make never... things complicated for him like, at all. Yeah. He wasn't look him leaving and the Bears still being bad. Joji Trubisky wasn't necessarily the problem there. And he, it, it makes the flashes he did have look even better. Um, uh, Jameis Winston's going to be an interesting one too. We know about the huge arm. We know about the upside. And then he went to new Orleans and proved that he could corral that in a little bit. Uh, if, and when asked, he was having a solid season. The saints were, outperforming expectations and kind of game manager Jameis role and then ripped his ACL. So um, Jameis Winston's going to be another guy to keep an eye on. I need to pull up 
some landing spots. I mean, he's been rumored back to the Saints, which could make some sense, but you don't love it for fantasy upside, um, even no. with Michael Thomas coming back. I think that that probably makes the most sense for him, though. Um, some other areas you could potentially see him, Miami to push Tua a little bit. Um, you know, I think that makes sense. Pittsburgh, if they, I know that they're in on, on Willis, but if they want to bring in a bridge guy, I think that Jameis could fit really kind of a younger Big Ben role in that offense a little bit. I would be ecstatic to see him go to Pittsburgh. Online's obviously shit, but he's got great playmakers. They're not going to be able to retain Juju. But they're one of the better teams when it comes to wide receivers and, you know, and that development to it, mm-hmm. you know, he'll have Claypool, which should be his Mike Evans. They have Deontay Johnson, which would be his Chris Godwin. Um, so you have the weapons in place. I don't know if what we're going to see from him. Sean Payton, I think, might be the only coach that could have gotten a game manager S style from, you know, from Jameis. Um, yeah, that's why I want to go to a more structured team. I don't want game manager Jameis, so I want fucking 30, 30 for 30, man. That's why I, I want, want fun. That's why I want him in <laughs> Pittsburgh, because I think yeah, absolutely. they can harness a little bit of that previous Big Ben in it. Uh, other teams, we talked about New York potentially bringing in somebody to push. Uh, you know, Indy's going to be in the market for a quarterback. Denver's going to be in the market for a quarterback. Um, you know, there's plenty of teams that will need backups as well, but uh, Carolina could be in the market for a quarterback. So, I mean, look, the places I want to see Jameis land are the places that could be fun. The football team as well needs needs some help, though. Jameis with Terry McLaurin would be fun. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got you know, you got Dami Brown, who's great yeah. field stretcher if he ever gets on the field. So, yeah, you know, I think my preferred landing spots are either going to be Pittsburgh, Washington, or you know, the structured offense that is Denver would be a, a fun one. I liked it. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see him in Denver. I mean, he's got like, if, if some, if, if there's a, somebody out there that, you know, that can find a way to unlock the game code that allows you to get 30 touchdown Winston, but get one pick per game Winston with it, that would be perfect. I mean, it, it like he's like, he's, he's not elite by any stretch of the imagination, but he's definitely, He's he's definitely good in like in in doses too, and if you can get that out of him, and, and maybe he'll take what he's learned with New Orleans after, you know, his two year stint there. Um, maybe we'll see a little second half revitalization, you know, revitalize his career and, and become maybe a new Fitzpatrick almost. Yeah, I mean, Winston's probably the most surefire. Winston and Bridgewater, I think, are the two you're going to see get immediate looks at starting with Mariota and Trubisky potentially being second chance guys brought in to compete, which brings me to Mariota. He's right there with Trubisky as far as guys that have been playing backups that probably could have been starting on some other teams. Um, you know, he's uh, might have performed better than Derek Carr, but Carr didn't perform bad enough to get benched. Um, I want to see Mariota get another chance as well. I don't know where I would like that to happen, though. I, I just don't. I, I don't know. It's it's tough to know what type of market's out for him and, and what the market's going to expect from him. 
you know, listening to other shows, Rogers is probably what's going to set the tone of what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, this might be a slow free agency until we know what, what Rogers ultimately decides that he wants. Yeah. It's going to set to see what these quarterbacks are trying to expect to make this year. So it's uh it's a very interesting, it's going to be well, very interesting after it, the start of the free agency year. Team like Denver that we thought was going to try to pluck Rogers. If Rogers does go back to green Bay and makes that decision is they're in the quarterback conversation. Even if they draft one, you know, like I said, there's one quarterback in this class that I think, well, I don't know if I've said this on air. I've told this to you. There's one yeah. quarterback in this class that I think is a day one that could be a day one starter and a couple of high upside guys. But, um, you know, you've got, let's see, one, call it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, ten, eleven. You got eleven teams that are in the market for quarterbacks, either to try to push the guy they currently have or that need a new guy. And you've got four to five guys in free agency that are starters and four to five rookies. So how does it all go around? Somebody's gonna be starting we don't expect to start is what's gonna happen somewhere. <laughs> gonna be Joe Flacco, isn't it? It could be. Joe Flacco goes to Tampa Bay, wins the second Super Bowl. Oh, my God. The fucking narrative spread. But, I mean, that's the reality. Well, I mean, more than likely what's going to happen is that Tua keeps the starting job, Wentz keeps his starting job, and that takes two of them out of there immediately. I don't see Miami doing it. Just, I mean, I, th- I mean, yes, but <sighs> maybe draft pick and they help you know, or they or they bring in a guy like Mariota, who's who is brought in as strictly a backup. That's what I think Miami does. So they bring in anybody in, it's strictly to be, mm-hmm. you know, to his backup. And there's no, you know, qualms to that. It's just, you know, it's, it just added protection if Tua gets hurt again. I don't like him in Pittsburgh because of the style that they've typically played. I don't want to see him as a backup in Cleveland because I think it'll be hard. I maybe Houston. It depends what they do with Watson. I mean, yeah. And, and with Davis Mills playing, I think, up to expectations last year, above expectations last year, depends how, how Houston feels about about uh, about Mills long-term. Uh, Indy Probably not be, high. But. Indy would be one of those situations where you bring him in to try to push wins if they can't get out of wins, which I don't think they'll be able to. Um, They're fucked. I, I agree with you on Trubisky to the Giants. The football team is another good one that, you know, could take a shot. It, it fits what, I mean, Ron Rivera had Cam for all those years. It and did. They, and, and they fit, you know, similar play styles. So they did. All right. They'll, they'll be fun to watch where they land up. Newton, Fitzpatrick, Brissett, Dalton, and we'll say Flacco, too. Um, I don't know if any of those guys are starting. Fitzpatrick's actually going to have opportunities again to find a place to start. Um, because we just said there's 11 teams that need either somebody to push their current guy or in the market for what if he goes back to Washington? He could. I mean, there's, I mean, I I know it's been, they've been the hottest team to take a quarterback this year. What if they wise up and just punt it? 
38 years old. What if he goes to Tampa Bay again? Uh, yeah, you know, there's the reason why Brady wanted to retire. He probably realized that Tampa Bay is not where he wants him to be. But if Tampa Bay feels like they're in a good spot in a wide open aid, wide open NFC South, Fitz could fit that billing. And a lot of that's going to depend on free agency too, because their window just we'll get to it in a minute. But I mean, they're losing a lot of key pieces, not just with oh, I know Marpet yeah, retiring. Yeah. They're losing a lot of key pieces, and that's going to be a very uh, probably a very different team going into next season so yeah yeah you got to feel for evans a Um, little bit i don't know that newton's starting anywhere dalton will either retire or be a backup brissette will be a sought after backup maybe back to the colts um yeah flacco henny glenn and simeon gabbert smith ripon johnson dobbs allen mullins uh, there's nobody else there i want to talk about really no all right moving on to the running back class a um, lot of what I would call intrigue up and down this class and some older guys that that were able to get it done. So you've got, you know, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon is kind of the, the veterans that have been around for a little bit that are going to be hitting the open market. Uh, you've got Chase Edmonds and James Conner, who are both younger guys, both Cardinals backs yeah. that are going to be hitting the open market. Um, you've got... You know, Ronald Jones, Rashad Penny, Jarek McKinnon, who had some flash down to Foreman, who was, you know, kind of a revelation with Derrick Henry out. Justin Jackson, who's been good in pinch hit duty. Uh, you've got, you know, got guys like Sony Michelle, who came on late for the Rams when he was needed and might have really saved his career with some of those performances. Um, pass catch specialist JD McKissick, Raheem Mostert, who, Missed a year from cartilage surgery, but is super explosive. And then you've got, you know, Alex Collins, David Johnson, Daryl Williams, Latavius Murray, and Devonta Freeman. Uh, Freeman in particular uh, was useful as an older back for the Ravens. Boston Scott's a restricted free agent. And then Tevin Coleman. So let's start with Leonard Fournette, who I think is going to be, who's the cream of this running back crop, basically. And He's not going back to Tampa. I don't think he is either. I want Buffalo, and I know a lot of That's, people. I was want about Buffalo. to say, I think Buffalo. It, it's the dream location, honestly, the dream landing spot. If they, if they want to go all in and kind of just, they get you know they get their three down back. You can you know you can mix in Singletary, and spurts, especially in passing downs because he does work well in space. And then you have Fernand, who is who has really become an every down back. I mean, he's always been, but he really got highlighted in Tampa yeah. Bay. And it gives them a trusted goal line back. You don't pay, you know, you don't pay Josh Allen all that money and continue to grind them on on first and goal for touchdowns. Like you gotta, at some point, you gotta, you know, get a back that you can trust to do that. And why not grab a veteran back like you know, like Fournette, who's you know that can, you know, that can fit what you need. Yep, I agree completely. Uh, Miami wouldn't be a bad spot. The thing with Fournette, where you want him to land, is you want him to land in a spot that he has a chance to be a bell cow. So I think Miami fits that mold, and then uh, he wants a playoff contender too. Like he's yeah. he's so, not going to some shit team. He, he's going to the Cardinals, you know, one would, of these playoff teams. He could go to Car- yeah, he I could think go the to Arizona. Bills and the Cardinals would probably be the top two landing spots for him. And the Cardinals, especially with Connor and Edmonds both hitting free agency, 
are going to be in dire need of a of a back. And we were talking about it before we hopped on air. We haven't gotten all the way through the running back class. Um, but the guys that are consensus top four, there's really probably two of them that I think have bell cow type ability. Um, personally. So yeah, right now. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe. And I mean, look, here's the spots that need backs. Buffalo, Miami, for sure. Uh, the Jets could use a compliment to Michael Carter. Yep. Um, who the hell knows with Baltimore? Honestly, I don't anymore. I no. mean, Denver really wants to run a two-back system, so if they decide to move on from Gordon, yeah, you know, they could be bringing in a compliment to uh, uh, to the John to two. I'd like to see them do that through the draft. Think about how about this? You know who I got? I'm just gonna say it. We probably shouldn't talk about this in the draft episode. It's a lot of Alvin Kamara and Kenneth Walker. You Walker with Javonta Williams. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can see that. I can see that. Um. Anyway, just I'm done having wet dreams for a minute. Houston will need a back. Um, Tennessee will need a backup. Kansas City, I'm, you know, Clyde obviously isn't the guy there. Um, the Giants, if they move on from Saquon, potentially. I mean, there's not a lot of spaces that you could go. The places you can go basically to be a bell cow back are going to be very limited. It's going to be Tampa Bay because it's Keyshawn Vaughn and nobody there. The Cardinals, who have two guys sitting free agency. The Dolphins and the Bills, who have had a lot of ineffectiveness there. And yeah. then the Falcons with Patterson hitting free agency are really it. And then Denver, we know we'll run a two-back set. The Chiefs could use an upgrade, um, but there's not a lot of holes for running backs. You got Seattle losing Penny. Losing uh, Penny. Carson constantly on on the injury reports and getting older. I would, yeah. And- Don't sleep on San Francisco. They're losing backs due to free agency as well. Mm-hmm. Wilson, Jamichael Hasty, I think Raymond Mostert also is he part of that. Yeah, Mostert's yep. part of that right now is just. Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon, and you know they're going to bring in guys. I mean, it may not be on this list, but they'll bring they'll get that up to four backs. Chase Edmonds strikes me as a San Francisco type back. Please, no, just uh, (laughs) no, no, don't do it. Melvin Gordon strikes me as a Miami type back. I think Gordon goes back to Denver. Denver, there's been I think uh, Denver reports out there. They they really want him back, and I think uh, that'll be the nice value down for Javante that'll actually make him a buy again in Dynasty. I think if Penny is not back in Seattle, he's going to land like... Ooh, I'm excited to see where he goes. Man, he looked fantastic last year at the end of the year when he was finally healthy. If he's not back in Seattle, I think that would be maybe a solid spot for James Conner to land. Yeah. I like to see Conner not fall into a true bell call role. I just don't think his body can handle it, but I, I love him as a one A one B. Like uh, with Collins, like even James Conner in Buffalo to play alongside. Yeah, that's it. Um, not with Collins, with Carson. Oh, Carson, yeah. I I, I like to see Connor fall into you know it, if Buffalo doesn't get one of the top names, get to see Connor paired up with Singletary there and uh yeah in Buffalo Instead too. Of Moss. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could see that. Um, the Chiefs if they need a Daryl Williams replacement. 
Connor kind of fits the same mold. Be another spot I could see him land. Um, and then, you know, Washington's losing their McKissick may be back with Washington. They're losing their pass catching back. Um, I fucking hope not, man. We need to see Gibson actually get a shot to be a pass catching back. True, a true every down back. Like, we do. What the fuck, man? What do you make of Ronald Jones? How interested are you in none in where he lands? Not at all. Oh, I was, I've never been interested in Ronald Jones. So no, I, I, I mean, maybe he'll be a flash at some points. Like I could see him going to like the Jets. He sounds like a Pittsburgh. He sounds like a San Francisco back. <laughs> I think everybody. <laughs> The Jets put Ronald Jones in New York because yeah. you know the Ronald Jones stands are going to prop down Michael Carter. And I'm not high on Michael Carter, but I will take cheap Michael Carter if Ronald Jones stands try to fucking tank his value. Send him to the Jets. Connor could be a, or down to Foreman even. Oh. Foreman to the Jets with Carter would be fun. I like that. That offense is going to be throwing a lot. You know, a uh, Carter isn't an every down size back at the very least. So no, or, or not Connor, a uh, uh, Carter. Carter, you get. I want to. I like to see Deontay Foreman get a shot to be a true one A. Like again, I don't know if he'll get a bell call role at, at, at no at, at any shot, but I also see him going back to Tennessee. I think Tennessee is going to pay out because they they like to have the Derrick Henry insurance. I'd like to see McKinnon back with the Chiefs. I think after the playoff run, I want to see more of that. Um, with him finally being healthy. Yeah. Um, other than that, Justin Jackson, uh, he's going to he'll be back. He, he'll you be think back. he'll be back in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They have a lot of cap space. Chargers yeah. have a lot of fucking money. Yep. Uh, any of the other guys, Patterson, any thoughts on Cordero? He'll land someplace. And I mean, maybe he goes back to Atlanta. It just depends on, on who's on what type of money he's looking for. And like after this season, the start, the, uh, the 21 season was great. He kind of fell off towards the end injuries and just when his offense really started to tank, he might, I mean, he'll, I, he may be a shock landing spot too. Like he may go to like the giants or something and just kind of, you know, I would hate that. I know that but, made me shudder. <laughs> I think most might be back in San Francisco. Uh, J.D. McKissick will land someplace where you get to pass catch. I role. hope he just doesn't go back to Washington. I hope Washington just fully commits to uh, uh, to Gibson with uh, with uh, Jared Patterson as, as his backup. Send McKissick to Tennessee. <laughs> Another uh, Deion Lewis situation. Yeah. Except we don't have to argue about who's going to get the majority of the touches. Fair enough. Send McKissick to Kansas City. Instead of McKinnon. Clyde, the one thing that he's supposed to do well, he never gets a shot at. Yep. It's like a worst shot shakeups. So, any Michelle, any interest in that one? I really don't. He might be I back think wherever he lands, he, yeah, like, I like him to go back to the Rams, but the fact that Henderson's got one more year left there, I just don't, don't think from a money standpoint, Michelle's going to probably command too much. But Yeah, and I'm concerned about him being a, a bell cow, but I mean, he won't if, be a bell call. No way. If Denver doesn't get Melvin Gordon back, I wouldn't hate that landing spot either. Similar type of players. And Michelle can be, you know, he's done. He's shown enough in spurts too. He can definitely be a, a back you can lean on if something happens to the starter or, you know, you want to give him a series or two. 
So with running backs, I think it's just safe to say you're looking for opportunity. I mean, Fournette is the guy we're looking to get probably a bell cow roll in one of the four spots that have bell cow rolls. Uh, and I think probably everyone else in this class is going to, at least you're looking at them for, you know, potential split back. So you're really just looking at this class for opportunity share. Um, you know, there are some names here. Gordon has been an efficient Edmonds had a nice season. Connor had a bounce back. Uh, but like Penny has dealt with a lot of injuries and then Foreman coming back from the Achilles looked better than I think a lot of people expect. Expected. I still think you should you should be trying to you should be watching these guys and Dynasty especially watch where they land watch what type of uh, expected role they should be receiving. You want to you want to have as many backup running backs you can roster because we yep. know we know what the running backs is a little fucking crapshoot. Yep. So just be ready on that. All right. Beer review. All right, halfway through. What are you thinking? All right, so again, this is the uh, will be the uh, saison with a bunch of shit age with uh, Britomyces. Um, this is from the, uh, well, Icara uh, Brewing from Chicago. Icarus, excuse me, I- I- Icarus from uh, Chicago. So, Saison, you're going to get, just with the style alone, you're going to get, you know, clean in the mouthfeel. You're going to get generally grass, hay, kind of farmhouse, not as pungent as a true farmhouse ale or a true wild ale. Um, it's going to kind of cut down. With the, um, you know, with the Brennamyces will kind of help to cut down the true funkiness from a well-cultured uh, product. So, nose-wise, it's it, it's bright, um, little floral, a lot of hay to it, and then mouthfeel. It's there's a lot of carbonation on it. So it does kind of fizzle up a little bit, and then you get that's where you get the grass and the hay, and, it, and it's clean. There's not a whole lot of you know, pungent flavors to it and it really finishes clean and dry and it kind of goes away fairly quickly with not much aftertaste or or lingering effects, as one could say. All right. I had strawberry rhubarb sour from Untitled Art. So this is a Berliner Weiss style ale with uh, strawberry puree, rhubarb puree, cinnamon, vanilla, and graham cracker. Um, so... Strawberry is heavy on the nose. Um, I don't really know what rhubarb smells like, but I'd imagine it's that. It's got very deep red fruit, kind of slight sweet notes on the nose. Um, It's very murky, very hazy, as I'd expect from this style of beer. It's sour from the beginning. It really rolls through that. Um, It's not lip puckering sour, but there definitely is a a mild sourness to it. It kind of reminds me like if you ever had like the, I don't know if sour punch straws had a strawberry flavor with it, which they might. That's what this beer reminds me of. There's definitely some vanilla to it that just adds to the sweetness. It doesn't like, you don't identify it as vanilla. It's just where the sweetness comes from. And the graham cracker actually does kind of come out just a hair in the back end. It's not, 
dominating. It's not something that jumps out majorly, but it does definitely pop out a hair on the back end. Overall, it's a really, really good beer. Um, I'm a fan of it. It's very easy drinking. The fact that it was 80 degrees here in Southern Illinois today, that absolutely kind of fits the weather. <laughs> All right, on to wide receivers. We'll start at the top. Uh, the top of this class looked a lot better before ACLs started happening. Fucking ACLs, man. So, Devontae Adams leads off the class. Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, Odell Beckham, uh, Adams, Godwin, OBJ. I think we're all ACLs. Or not Adams, sorry. Godwin, OBJ, and Gallup, the next guy. Because Gallup shredded an ACL too, didn't he? Pretty sure. Maybe. I gotta Maybe. Go I think he did. Dead air is the best. January 3rd, 2022. ACL tear for Gallup. So late yep. season ACL tear for Gallup. Late season ACL tear for Odell Beckham. Uh, Godwin was mid-season. No, he was late, late too. So a lot of late season ACL tears to keep an eye on at the top of this. He was right before the playoffs started. So your healthy guys are Devontae Adams, Mike Williams, uh, Allen Robinson, Christian Kirk, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Chark. Jacoby Myers headline the class and then below it, Emmanuel Sanders, AJ Green, Alan Lazard is a restricted free agent, so he'll likely be back in Green Bay. Will Fuller, Samuel Watkins, Zach Pascal, uh, Khalif Raymond, Russell Gage, uh, John Ross, and Albert Wilson. So let's start at the top. Let's start with Adams. Um, he's got to be back in Green Bay, right? It's hard to imagine. All that elsewhere. money they're freeing up is for him. Like, yeah. They they're so they're so so dead in the cap that it won't it won't start until they figure out the Rogers situation and and kind of fit a contract that'll still help them free up money for Adams. But I think the entire goal for them is to franchise take Adams. I think they will. try to resign him next year. I think they will as well. Chris Godwin. I think he's probably he's back also in he's Tampa. it's been rumored franchise take for sure. It's just. Well, if they're going to franchise tag anybody they have outgoing, it's probably him. It damn sure ain't Ronald Jones or, no. <laughs> or Leonard. If, you know, I guess it could be Leonard Fournette, yeah. but you don't use that on a running no. back. Um, and it's not Gronk, so. It's it's Godwin if they use it, which is so I was like, that's the plan. Um, at that point, it's, it's going to be, you know, potential franchise, say, to try to work out a long-term deal. Yeah. I agree with that. Mike Williams will not be franchise tagged, so he's probably the first guy that's going to go free agency, I would imagine. And Chargers have a lot of cap space. I I would love to see other players there, but you can't you can't overestimate or you can't underestimate enough just the importance of mm-hmm. of that of that built-in chemistry that they have with Herbert as him playing through his younger years. So I think they'll try to throw out some money to him. I think it wouldn't be the worst idea to try to go maybe a little heavy and do that, you know, two, three year deal mm-hmm. and just, and just let this, the younger years of Herbert be developed with his, his same key pieces. Yeah. If he can't go, um, I don't hate him in, let's see, looking at some of the teams that have gaps. I don't hate him in New England. Um, no, they need a field stretcher because they need a field stretcher and it's a bigger field stretcher. So that's kind of why. 
we're yeah. paying attention to here. Jacksonville needs all the help they can get. So I don't, I don't hate that one. Um, see, Arizona is going to be down Kirk and AJ Green. So that wouldn't be a terrible, terrible landing spot because they're going to be down two of their three starters. Um, let's see. The rest of this, uh, if it's kind of what Kansas City does to a degree, um, you know, it, it's hard for me to see a lot of places where I'm going to be super excited about Mike Williams. And I just think it's because I don't get exci- that excited about the player. He's flashed some, but he's never been consistent. And he's never been somebody that I'm like, yeah, I want to go out and grab them. He's in, He's been injury prone, too. So, yeah. And you also got to look at, you know, cap situations where teams are at when they're entering free agency, what type of market we think a guy like Mike Williams will command. Again, just like with Rodgers and the quarterbacks, it's it's Adams and Godwin. They will they are the market oh, wow. setters. I don't know if any if any big name they're any both top of the list tagged. names go. What's that? I said they're both going to get tagged too, though, and I don't expect once they're tagged that people wait around to find out where their contracts end up. Well, I mean, at that point, no, but they'll wait and see what the decisions made on them right away, and they'll see it, if they're going to get tagged, mm-hmm. and we'll know in what six days. Yeah. Um, and then from that point, then we'll, you know, if, if they do, if they both get tagged, then we'll see what happens. Um, but you know, money's going to pay a big part in this. You, like you look at the commanders, they got, you know, 30 mil, you get a team like Cleveland who needs a lot of wide receiver help. You know, they're uh, 28 mil over and in desperate need of, of wide receiver help. I just don't see my problem with Mike Williams over some guys lower down on this list is I don't see them as. I don't see him as a needle mover. He's not a guy that makes it easier on your quarterback. He's a guy that's going to complement, you know, something good that's that's already in place. Detroit with Amon Ross St. Brown as they rebuild is not not a bad one. But I think Kenny Galladay is kind of a Mike Williams cautionary tale in some ways. So, oh, it's, yeah, it, I don't, it doesn't have the the elite production, or not not even really elite, but the actual in-season production that Gall- that Galladay was able right. to you know to get because Mike's been banged up so much. He could also just end up back with the Chargers if with that cap space. I think that's what happens. I think I think that's probably the most realistic. They'll bring him back. Uh, Odo Beckham. So Super Bowl ACL Terry. We might not see him sign till mid-season when he's healthy. He could. I. I struggle with the thought he could retire too. Good. Um, I mean, he's up there. He's battled just so many injuries towards the back end of his career that it's. Or maybe he's finally in a place he he wants to be, and he's with Los Angeles, and they try to bring him back and and run it back with a healthy Bobby Woods, Cooper Cup, and Odell Beckham as their three because they lack depth. I mean, they need it showed in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, they need help beyond they also lack money three <laughs> they do like money negative too. 13 in the hole right now yeah they uh well whitworth probably retires however that works out so i'm sure that'll help some but they need money if they could yeah. re- they'll probably restructure some deals probably stafford yep. potentially cup who just signed one um so no they'll be all these teams, like I'm not that concerned about salary cap, but it does kind of help, mm-hmm. you know, pinpoint to where some teams may well, end up going, but, but especially early on. And how much is Beckham really going to command? I mean, he hasn't had an elite year in 
in a while. He's a, a high upside guy that you bring in on a high dollar one year deal coming off of a second ACL tear. And, you know, it may, it, and, and him, he may, like, he may not be a, a right away signing. He, he's probably a wait. He probably is a wait. guys like Robinson and he, he may be Michael a ma- Thomas and Juju and, and, you know, all these little older veteran guys to see what, what type of market they get. Especially With- Robinson is coming off of nothing. Absolutely nothing season. So to see what type of market's out there for him. I mean, I mean, we all would love to see him back with the Rams. The Rams also still have to rehab back Robert Woods too. So mm-hmm. it's his mark. It's, it's, he's in such a weird place. If, if he never got hurt, I, it, it, like, I don't think he goes back to the Rams because I think he'll, he'll just cost too much. But right now, maybe I think. Especially mid-season, once you know if he's a, a later in camp signing. I mean, tore the ACL in second week of February, and it's minimum six months, probably closer to eight most of the time. So, I mean, you're looking training camp at the earliest and four or five weeks into the season at the latest. So, I mean, it might be better for him too. I mean, rehab. You know, be on its own, do what he needs to do. I mean, maybe he gets back early. Maybe he, you know, he's able to bounce back early enough, mm-hmm. and he becomes that that early season, late off season signing for a team. You know, yeah. that's that's trying to you and know fill out a roster. He didn't want to be in New York. He didn't want to be in Cleveland. And I think with Odell, there's a lot of emotion there and a lot of feel there. And if he felt comfortable in Los Angeles, he, I could see him. He playing. dogged on New York too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think someone asked him to come back, and he and I think he said, "No, man, I don't want to be a drama queen again or something like that." He apologized to Cleveland at least, and I think he realized, yeah, I, that I he was, yeah, you know, that he was also in the run there too. I think that if he found a a place that is comfortable for him, he would play for less too. He doesn't strike Which, me as the one that is somebody that's. You know that screams the Rams for me. Like a full I, money I, guy. I, I, if that the Rams can make Rams. it work, yeah, and, and maybe we'll see. I think we'll be waiting a while with Odell. Though I don't think we're going to have an answer for most of this early part of the offseason. Mm-hmm. Michael Gallup, um, he actually probably will be ready. I mean, it's January second tear, so he probably will be ready by training camp. We'll keep an eye on that. I mean, January second puts his early window at July and the late window at August. So. August, September time frame. So he probably will be ready by training camp. Um, he's a guy that I think if da- watch Amari Cooper and what Dallas does with Cooper, because that's going to determine if, you know, I think Gallup's going back there or if Gallup's going to hit, you know, any of these teams that potentially need a, a high end too. And that could be teams like, you know, like Pittsburgh, like Cleveland, like, um, you know, the Patriots need somebody that can run outside and stretch the field. We already mentioned that he could be a a Waddle compliment in Miami. Chicago needs somebody, you know, that's a different style than Mooney, and we know that Gallup can play more than just field stretcher. Um, you know, there's a lot of places Michael Gallup could go. It's going to depend on his recovery and really what Dallas does with Cooper. Because if Dallas cuts ties with Cooper, I think they're looking to bring Gallup back. See, I don't think they're going to bring both back. I don't either. And I think if you look at the usage for Cedric Wilson down the stretch, 
He's good. When there was no Gallup, when there was no, you know, you get it on and off Cooper and banged up CeeDee Lamb. I think they're they're I think they're going to go out of their way to try to bring back Cedric Wilson, who who will probably cost significantly less than Gallup. Doesn't have the draft capital to his name, doesn't have the high profile production, hasn't started much. I think Dallas really likes Wilson. And it's gonna and for a team right now that's bottom three in salary cap right now, it's gonna be looking to try to find ways to to find cheaper production and bringing back a guy like Wilson who has been productive in this offense would be the first step. So I think Wilson, somebody a needs to be on your radar in dynasty and don't be surprised if he ends up as the number two, like a two way to be to whoever they decide to bring in alongside him, whether it be in the draft or in free agency too. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Robinson, we already talked about that. I don't know what the market's going to be on him. I'd imagine after that, I think it's still going to be good. Eh, I mean, I think it this, shouldn't be. I know you think it shouldn't be, but besides this disastrous season in which she didn't want to be franchise tight, it's two very productive seasons with Chicago before then. So you know what? If he goes to Dallas as a second fiddle to CD Lamb, I don't <laughs> hate it. Um, he doesn't need to be a one. I mean, he's not an alpha. Maybe he'll go back home. If he goes to Jacksonville, yeah. Jacksonville. He could go to... That'd be, that'd be fun, though. I mean, again, Pittsburgh, I wouldn't hate him in Kansas City is a, a compliment to what Tyreek Hill does. Is I think that'd be... Somebody that'd be work a, the middle a, a bit fit. more. I think that'd be a fun they, fit. If Los Angeles doesn't re-sign Mike Williams, you know, Allen plays a slot, so you bring in your, your ex guy and then you just need your field stretcher. Um, so I don't hate um, I'm I'm really intrigued to watch him because it, it's mm-hmm. I don't dislike him as much as you do and I get why you, you do. Um but I, I I am very much on the uh try to get cheap Allen Robinson because I think he could land and be productive for at least another couple of years. My dislike for Allen Robinson just stems from how yeah. much of a pedestal he was put on for how much of an alpha he he isn't just watching him play. He's not, you know, it's just a lot of people wanted to anoint him as an elite wide receiver, and he just doesn't have the traits of an elite guy that doesn't need somebody else around him and can just throw a team on his back. He doesn't have that type of hand strength, that type of separation ability, that type of contested ball ability. He's good. He's not great. He's Michael Gallup level, in my opinion. I mean, I would prefer Gallup, but that's... Uh, it's more youth than it is. Christian Allen. Kirk and Juju Smith-Schuster are the two guys that I'm interested to watch in this class. Juju's going to Kansas City. That's that's all I've been seeing is Juju to Kansas City. Juju he, gets, he sees that also makes a lot of sense. And it it'd be a it, it, remarkable fit. Mm-hmm. It'd be to to have him and Kelsey clogged the middle. Juju we know can play outside, and then you have Hill do Hill things. Um, Kirk with the rumors. There's a picture out there, you know, double date with Josh Allen. And then I think, ah, I forgot who the other quarterback was. And then now all the rumors are flying that maybe Kurt, maybe Allen's going to try to uh, court Kurt to come to Buffalo. I mean, he can. I also just don't need see, somebody there. I just don't see. I mean, they're losing Sanders, but Beasley's still there. I don't know. And, you know, with, with Gabe Davis. Beasley can be Ford saved is, a lot of money on, too. I can I see think them he can, and I think they should. But. Yeah. Until they do, 
which post June first, I guess he could. Um, I think that Miami could make sense for Kirk. Um, let Waddle work downfield more and let Kirk work closer to the line. Um, I think that. Let's see. And now he's gonna let go. Totally gonna let go. Pittsburgh. I mean, Kirk's not going. I don't think he's going back to Arizona. I think there's there's no. better things and more money out there for him. Um, you know, Pittsburgh could work. The Texans, if they hold on to Brandon Cooks, all of a sudden you have a formidable receiver core. You know, it's not where anybody's going to want to sign, but. <laughs> Jack, no, I, don't, I mean, I, I see Houston trading Cooks. I think he's maybe Houston wises up and it's right to make some of yeah. the right calls and let Cooks there is. go for some picks. Hell, even Jacksonville makes sense for Kirk. Literally any team, any you team. have multiple rookies and veterans should be all linked to Jackson. I really want Chicago to be in on Kirk and let him work, you know, kind of intermediate with Darnell Mooney and then draft your other outside receiver. Really want your ex. Yeah, I really want Chicago in on Kirk. Really want that for for me. I, I can see it. I know Justin Fields' arm strength pretty damn good. So and Kirk can go, fit well Kirk for him. Can work deep too. So yeah, I, I really want that for myself. <laughs> uh, DJ Shark, high upside, low floor. A uh, lot of expectations on Shark. Really, the last two seasons that weren't nece- didn't necessarily materialize. Um, I think he's a one-year guy that tries to sign a prove-it deal. He broke Maybe. his ankle. I mean, yeah, coming off the broken ankle. and He's got the one productive year. He's going to try to capitalize on, on on getting back to that level. I like to see him stay in Jacksonville, you know, be paired up. I, I, I like to see what he can do with Lawrence. Um, they obviously need a wide receiver like him in that offense. Send him to New Orleans. <laughs> where where all offensive pieces go to die at this point. Yeah. Fuck, they should just trade Kamara and Thomas and just start over. Shit, send them to the Falcons. They need wide receiver help too. Send them to Minnesota. I'll take them. Send Kirk to Atlanta. Ooh. Him and Pitts operate over the middle. Yeah. I mean, look, Inside. Atlanta needs help. New Orleans needs help. Chicago needs help. A lot of teams need wide receiver help. In one form or another. Yeah. Every team needs wide receiver depth. Maybe he goes Philly. to Dallas. He can be a Michael Gallup replacement. He could be a Michael Gallup replacement. Philly. Philly. Although, don't love that either. Um, Jacoby Myers, I think, probably ends up back in New England. Yeah, I agree. Uh, as far as the other guys, you know, Lazard would be the most interesting, but he's restricted. He's going to be in. He's totally staying there. He's not going totally staying. All right, tight ends is the other interesting one. Couple big names here: uh, Mike Gesicki, rumored to be franchise tagged by Miami. So, I'd imagine that probably does happen. But my interest is the three seventeen class tight ends: Howard Ingram and Joku. I agree, and throw Dalton Schultz onto that list for me too. Schultz, some team will overpay for Dalton Schultz. So in. Dalton Schultz will probably be productive for him too, but you're right because he's not Austin, Austin Hooper all over again. Schultz might just end up back with Dallas, but it's probably for the Maybe. best for everybody. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Evan Ingram needs to get out of New York. He had 
all of the underlying metrics and none of the offense around him. And I, you know, he's the first guy that I, that I'm excited to see, you know, where does he go? What, what does he do? What can he do? Um, you know, Zama's a free agent in Cincinnati. If you're looking to add another field stretch guy there, another pass catcher there. Um, Houston needs everything. Indy's going to lose Mo Alley Cox and Jack Doyle's a shell of his former self. Uh, Jacksonville can always use somebody. So, you know, I, I I like to see one of these guys land with Kansas City as we let uh, as we let Kelsey's twilight years come to a close. A guy like like Evan Ingram who can play outside too. I just don't think they will. I don't think I don't think they would either. It just wouldn't it wouldn't make a lot of sense. But I'd see it. I'm just like that would be intriguing. Yeah, I think that's wishful. Um, <laughs> Cardinals. God damn it! Let me wish. Cardinals will need a tight end with Ertz walking. I wonder if they try to court Ertz back to come back too. Uh, they could. Tampa Bay may need a tight end. So I mean. There's places. I mean, Tampa Bay could try to keep OJ Howard, but I don't see Howard wanting to go back there. Just given, no, I that mess. I think that's probably sour. Um, yeah, and really, I think that the tight end class is more of a. It's going to be hard because there's not a ton of tight end spots. I mean, Dallas will need somebody, but. Given the pass catchers they have, you don't love that landing spot. I got a dream spot. Njoku to the Chargers. Njoku to the Chargers would be awesome. Oh, just speed and just explosive Hell, upside. Any of these guys the to the Chargers. Out of Cleveland. Any of these guys to the Chargers yeah. would be awesome. Njoku, Howard, or, or Ingram. Any of them to the Chargers would be fantastic. Uh, Jets need a tight end. That doesn't wet your loins, though. Um, you know, Buffalo does not, um, New England does not. They just signed a couple of them. Miami probably going to franchise tag Gasicki. Baltimore does not. Cincinnati will need one. But again, with the receivers that they have, how much do you love that landing spot? Right. Um, the Patriots are totally bringing another tight end. They could. Totally. I doubt it. I need to have more. I need like more. Houston, you don't love. Indy's got a flux quarterback situation. Jacksonville needs to build up something. So whoever lands there, I think you might actually like that one because they'll be playing from behind and they'll immediately be the best receiver on the team. That's why I like Dan Arnold right now. Yeah. That's why I traded for Dan Until Arnold. Until that changed. Yeah. <laughs> Hopper playing chess. Tennessee Titans. Um, our thing. Yeah. I mean, but they could use someone, but I don't know that they move anywhere. Denver absolutely does not need anybody. Neither does Kansas City or Vegas. Rams, potentially. Maybe. No money, and Higby's you part of the no money problem. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, your cheap, like Bryson Hopkins. your cheap guys in this class are going to be like the ghost of Jared Cook, Max Williams, maybe <laughs> C.J. Uzama, you know, there's not there's Hayden Hurst, Mo Alley Cox, Will Disley. I mean, the bottom of this class is bottom. Perks are in Swain, by the way, both both free agents out of Tennessee. So I mean they're gonna be a spot, but they're low volume. So it's tight ends. It's, it's it's just you have your top three and then your rookies, and then somebody trying to pry away Gronk and 
and you know uh, convince Ertz to play another year. Yeah, for Dynasty, you're looking for Ingram, Howard, or Najoku to land in a in a spot that's going to project to have a lot of volume. And right now, you're They're all cheap. I think you should be trying to get at least one of them. They are all your rosters. They should, and you should. And right now, you know, the Chargers, the Jaguars, um, maybe the Saints. I don't know. You don't know what they're doing at quarterback, and it's going to feel ugly until then. The Cardinals for sure, because again, Cardinals still going to have a good offense, but they're losing Kirk, they're losing Green, um, and they're not really going to have a tight end either. So they're going to be looking to retool some of Kyler's weapons. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, yep. it's, it's fun to speculate. There are some things that absolutely make your mouth water, but we'll find out here in two weeks. Uh, that will be a Thursday episode, by the way, because free agency starts on the tampering starts on a Tuesday. Yes. So, and it just happens to line up with the homebrew meeting week. That's our show. <laughs> uh, next week we'll uh break down some combine data. We'll have some reactions. See if anything was surprising there. Talk news and probably just bullshit for a little bit. It should be a shorter episode. Hell yeah. Um. Yeah. Good things coming. It's the fun part of the season. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I am at Beerfield Hop. He is at Beerfield Thurry. We are at Beerfield, the Beerfield Podcast on YouTube, and we will catch you next time. Peace. Peace.